The following podcast is a production of Colleen Callahan Consultancy and C3 Studios. Today's episode is brought to you by Rooster, an agribusiness consultancy and full-service marketing firm that serves the farming, food, and rural lifestyle industries. Learn more at roosterstrategy.com. This is The Rural Reveal, a collection of compelling stories of those who live and work in rural communities and those who have influenced the fate or future of rural America. Across the country, there are real-life situations, experiences, and complications affecting real people. I'm your host, Kelsey Litchfield. Tragedy struck the Holsizer family in the midst of harvest season in October 2013, when David, a 51-year-old Illinois farmer, committed suicide. He left behind a grain, cattle, and hog family farm, and a family left to pick up the pieces and figure out why this tragedy had happened. Matt and Liz Holsizer, along with their family, uncovered financial debt that they were unaware of, which led to their own stress to keep their farming livelihood alive. Today, they reveal how David's suicide impacted their lives as newlyweds and the difficult decisions they made to keep the farm afloat and their message about mental health. This is The Rural Reveal. Matt and Liz, welcome to The Rural Reveal podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. So I want to talk about first, Matt, about your dad and your family situation he died in 2013, and you had said that the depression had started in 2009. So take me back before that, even before 2009. Tell me about the family. Tell me about the farm. Uh, I graduated high school in 2006 and then went to U of I. Uh, my older sister graduated high school in 2001 and then went to U of I. Um, and then she got a job right out of college um, when she graduated and was working south of Champaign. Um, so she didn't come home as much after she left. Um, we were raising 300 pigs, sparrow to finish. Um, and then I got into cattle when I was a kid and started building my cow herd. Um, so by the time my dad had passed, we had about 50 stock cows. And then, um, I was uh, backgrounding cattle for Fairview Sale Barn and then still had the, the 300 sows for her to finish. He was always, I mean, agitated and, and stuff like that. I mean, it's not like it was a necessarily a real switch in 2009, but it definitely got a lot worse at that point. And 2009 was the year that um, a lot of farmers probably remember this very well. It was a very wet, late harvest. And I mean, we, I think we, we vividly, obviously Matt remembers, I remember we were still at, on my family's farm, excuse me, hauling in grain into the elevator and there was Christmas music on the radio. It was just a very late year. Um, and so for 2009 for Matt's dad, that's really what he, he kind of was more of a- They kicked it in a high gear for sure. He, he had to be in control um, and farming is not a controllable thing really. And um, he had some contracts that he had sold on that weren't being delivered on. And it, it just, it, it was like one of those spiral where just one thing after another, 
let led him to feeling more of probably a lack of control. Um, and that's really what kind of started the spiral into more of a depression um, state. Yeah. Did you see that at the time, like being there back in 2009, or is this more of a reflective looking back? It, it, oh. it was definitely a reflective look back. I mean, at the time it was getting worse, and but it was a slow progression to get worse. And then after the fact, you look back and it was like, okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Well, you have all these things going on, you know, now you're able to sit here, probably think too much about it maybe overthink it at times but as to what you said earlier farming you got harvest you got a lot of things going on and and I feel like people just get into these motions where things are got to get done and they don't they're not taking care of themselves or maybe you have a family member and they're not able to look at the situation differently they just maybe think oh it's a white year it's just hard right now yeah I think it was probably a combination of those things um and then you know he was the type of person too that well if you got five spare minutes in the day let's take on a 10-minute job and try and get it done in five minutes and so then well let's add a little bit more acres and then let's add a little bit more pigs and let's add a little bit more cattle and <laughs> that's fine if everything works right but if you have one snap one hiccup in the operation as far as weather or equipment breaking and then things um go sideways real quick and you know he had trouble handling those things as well um so it was just there was a lot of bad things that culminated to it and i, and I mean it it changed the way i do things now um you know i'm i'm hesitant to take on new things because can i get it done is it going to just add more stress than it's worth things like that. So, you know, it's changed my perspective in a lot of ways on, on things like that. Yeah, he definitely, um, especially just when I came into the picture of Matt, um, dating Matt and his family, his dad definitely had everything sold or the acreage he had or the cattle he had, the hogs he had. It was all hinged upon everything going exactly according to plan and on time. And so he kind of put himself with a, his back against the wall because he put it to a point where if if there was a big weather delay or something wrong happened with the hogs or anything it it was going to be a big instead of the rest of us just like a okay we're in some hard times this little bit of tumble he was going to have to tumble farther down um, because he did just kind of get everything in there just so tight yeah it didn't leave any leeway for error how are the both of you doing mentally during this time? Because you were newlyweds, correct? Yeah, we'd only been a married been married thirteen months um, when he committed suicide, um, and it was it was a struggle. I mean, for me, it was a struggle from two thousand nine on, and I was almost to the point of walking away from the farm um, to the up to the point that when he committed suicide. And for me. It was more of this vision in my head of how a young married couple should be. Um, and obviously comparison is the thief of joy, but comparing other people our age that were newly married 
and the things they were doing. They were getting to go on their honeymoon. We never got one because we were saving money for it. His dad passed away, and our whole trajectory of our life changed. Um, our friends were getting married, and we, we missed a lot of weddings. Um, we missed a lot of life events um, with our friends and family because as soon as he committed suicide, um, the financial, um, I guess, lies that he had told us were starting to, to come to the, the top. So we were learning things that we had put money into were not there. Um, and so financially, we were super strained. Um, and then we took everything on to keep his mother out of um, bankruptcy. And we wa we wanted to save the farm. We we did not we did not want to go to bankruptcy. We wanted to save the farm, so we took it on. But it came at a very high cost, and that cost was um, giving up what I had imagined our young married life looking like. Um, you know, at the time we had planned to have children, um, and and all of all of that changed. Our whole trajectory changed, and um, there was times where I think. For me, I had to really step back and not think like, oh, well, my friends are getting to do this. I wish I could do this with my husband. It was much more my focus had to go on to Matt and make sure that we were taking care of each other and the farm um, and anything else after that. It was there, was, there wasn't any of it. So it was difficult. Um, I think it helped a lot that Matt and I were really good friends beforehand um so we respected each other a lot um and the fact that i had kind of seen things with his dad before this all happened that i think i understood some of it more than just coming into this later on in life um but it for a young couple it was um it was very difficult traumatic at the same time, we were dealing with my dad being sick mm -hmm. um, and trying just to navigate, like, okay, we're really young and people don't have to deal with this at our age. A lot of farmers we know, they still have their dads and grandpas. And so they have that person of like, hey, have you ever seen this before? What do you think about this? Or um, do you want to go together and on a piece of equipment? Like they have that person and that was gone for us. And and not to say that other people haven't done this on their own at a young age either, but farming is a very difficult thing um, to take on at a very young age with not a lot of um, financial backing. Mm -hmm. Talk about the decision of why you decided to sell the equipment and walk away from rented farmland and then why you kept the farmland you owned. The easiest thing would have been to file bankruptcy and say, well, it's not my problem. We're just walking away, but um, that's not my personality. Um, yeah, I, I don't like to use the word unfair um, because I could have walked away. But, it, I mean, yeah, it sucked, and it was kind of unfair that I had to pick up someone else's mess. Um but on the flip side of that, it made me, I think, a better person and a better farmer because I had razor thin margins for a lot of years and everything I did 
had to pay for itself and it, it makes you appreciate things too because you don't have the nice things to work with you're working with junk so then you learn to work with junk you learn to fix things you learn to accept things for the way they are instead of just saying well screw it i'll go buy something else because that's not an option um so i think i think you have to to look at it that way instead of just you know wallowing in self-pity there's times where we talk about what we did um and things like maybe we shouldn't have done this or you know that didn't really end up working out for us or was it worth the the everything's a give and take was it worth what we gave up um i think there might have been a few things maybe we would have done differently like when we watched all of our equipment be sold at auction it was very difficult to stand there um and watch people bid on things that matt and i had i mean we only been married a year but we had we had saved some money and bought a couple pieces of equipment ourselves and to watch that stuff be sold um, was so difficult, but at the end of the day, you just remind yourself, like, that's not, that's not what makes us who we are. Um, we were very adamant not to sell the, the farmland, um, and, and I'm forever grateful we didn't. I mean, there's days where it's like, well, we probably would have had a different life, but truly, at the end of the day, some people know what they're born to do, and some people are still trying to figure it out. And Matt was born to be a farmer. And so to do anything we could to make sure that that was, was him fulfilling his life purpose, like that's what we did. I don't think we have regrets. Um, and, and you can't. There's, it made us better people for, for what we went through. And there's nothing you can do about that. But, you know, for now, like now, we are very um, proud of how far we've come. And, and when we have bought new equipment now and we pay it off it 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 probably feels better than had this ever happened to us god forbid someone had to be in the same situation as you guys but you're able to be teachers and help others and everything you have learned i'm a firm believer god puts you in situations so you can help other people and that's exactly what you're doing by sharing your story and being open and being honest about it as well is that your hope? Is that your goal ultimately? I would say so. I mean, we both went through times where you question, like, why the hell did I have to go through this? But I, I agree with you. That's that's probably why we did. The other thing is, is we we have people who talk to us a lot, like, hey, what do you think about this or that? And just because like we decided to 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 bear down and not file bankruptcy, that doesn't mean that's the right move for every situation filing bankruptcy might have been a better move for a different a different couple a different person um it was that was our decision we knew that who we were as a team could work through it um but if 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 you can't take that on or you know that maybe your marriage might not make it that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with filing bankruptcy or just selling everything and getting out everybody has a different way of coping with all of this um and what we say all the time is there there is no farm without the farmer mm-hmm. and if if getting out of farming is the best thing for you and your family then there's there's no shame in that um and and so hopefully nobody ever thinks that we're like oh no you have to you really have to go through it to earn it like we hope nobody ever has to go through this and every 
you, you just have to really be honest with yourself of what's the best way to take care of yourself. I had a hard time once, I mean, considering filing bankruptcy because <laughs> it was self-inflicted wounds by my dad. I mean, it, it could have been avoided if he'd have made better decisions, but he didn't. Um, and a lot of those, I, I tried to tell him this is stupid. And he either lied to me or told me it was fine or, or whatever. And, and then you find out it wasn't fine. And it was like, well, I told you so, but I still feel at fault here. I'm not going to take the easy road out because I didn't believe in that. But that, that was part of it was I, I you know, it was self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Matt, from your perspective, and um, you don't have to talk for your mom or your sister. Is it just is it just you and your sister as children? Is that correct? Yeah. Can you share um, with us about them through this whole process? Like knowing about the severity of the financial situation. I know your sisters have college, but specifically your mom. Like, can you can you talk about that and just how you had to be supportive of one another and lift each other up and carry each other through this whole situation and into the future i mean there was times that was that was probably the hardest part of all of it um because there was times i I wanted to say to my mom you know how the hell could you let this happen but you know he didn't know any better and she believed my dad and i guess that's what you should do as a wife um but it was still frustrating um but but yeah it 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 was difficult for a lot of years to to deal with that and luckily my sister came home as much as she could you know she was they were her and my her husband were still living in Champaign and then they moved to St. Louis shortly after that but they came home as much as they could did as much help as they could helped get finances organized as much as they could and and um be forever grateful for that. Um, and my sister is a very strong um, person. And so she didn't, you know, my, my sister and I had to help get my mom through that um, and all the emotions that go through it, not only with death, but the financial and everything that followed it. And luckily I had my sister there to help with that, as well as Liz and my brother-in-law. And you know, in, in any farming operation with family alone, it, it is difficult because you're, you're you're never off. You're never okay. It's five o'clock. I'm done for the day. No, like you're constantly thinking about the farm. You're constantly working on the farm. You go to a birthday party. Your family's there. You're farming with your family. You maybe had a bad day with your family, but now you gotta go to a birthday party and pretend like everything's fine. Um, so then when you throw something like this into it, and then the fact that it wasn't just a sudden death, but it was suicide your range of emotions are just so out there of guilt, anger, sadness. Um, and, and then you process the fact, like Matt said, like, you know, he, he, he had some time where we really had to work as a family to cope and, and to repair what was broken because it was difficult for him to be like, you know, why did his mom sign on those loans? Um, but then at the same time, we were believing what his dad was telling us as well. Um, so, so there was times where we, you know, we really had to choose to, to communicate and make this work. And I know his sister struggled because she wanted to be here more and she couldn't. 
Um, and I'm sure there were times we were struggling because we wanted her here and she couldn't. Um, and so it was, it, you know, it was um, not easy and it, it took a lot of communication, but above all, it, it took choosing to make it work. That's, you had to make that choice. You talked earlier about the strain on the marriage it had for both of you. So tell me how you've taken those years and those learning moments. I'm sure there's many of them. Given what everything you've been through, how are you keeping your own mental health a top priority and your own individualized, but then also as a couple? For myself, um, I speak to a therapist to deal with the anger and, and stuff that I have because I'll do whatever it takes to not turn into my dad. Um, and, and that was a generational thing. Um, his dad was a lot, pretty much the same way as far as narcissistic and abusive. Um, and I said, I'll never turn into that and I'll do everything I can to make sure it doesn't happen. And it's also, you know, like for myself too, um, right after it happened, I was seeing a counselor as well. Um, just trying, and I can't say enough things about counselors and therapists, people that are qualified to do that. Um, because what you're dealing with in just in farming general doesn't have to do with the trauma we went through with um, the suicide, but just farming in general, it is a lot to take on. And you are, you are dealing with multi-generational um, assets that generations before you built up and you're, you're all of a sudden saying, am I going to be the generation that loses it all? And so it, it's a lot to take on. And so having a counselor, having someone to talk it through is, is crucial. Um, when you go through a trauma like we did, I, I, it, it's definitely needed. Um, medicine is needed as well. Um, and then also for Matt and I, we just really had to take the me portion out of our thoughts and think about the we um, and, and really keep each other in check. If, if Matt was, you know, kind of in a day where it seemed like he might have been spiral spiraling or something. It was a we had to be honest with each other, like, hey, come on, we, you know, bring each other out of it. Same with me. If I was having one of those probably a pouting moment where I was like, I don't know why we have to go through this. Um, having someone that keeps you in check, but also not taking it personally. Um, I've seen so many things where it says like, I didn't mean what I said when we were sorting cows or whatever. <clears throat> that is so true in the heat of what we were going through. There were days when, I mean, there wasn't the fun, loving um, honeymoon stage. We were like fighting for our life. Um, and so taking a step back and realizing some of these things that are happening or being said or not, it's not at me or directed at Matt. It's, it's just, we're in a really weird situation and not taking it personal. Um, but really just taking the me out of it and making it about we um, and keeping us in check. Even, even to this day, just, you know, like when Matt said, he's still saying a counselor and we talk about it. Hey, what did you talk about today? What do you think about it? Um, you know, do you think that helps? Or um, sometimes he'll talk with his mom and sister about it. Like, here's what I've been learning. And, you know, um, just being very open about it is, has really I think, saved our marriage. 
how long did it take you to see a therapist? Was it something you decided to do right away? Or was it something no, that you had to gradually have, think about? Well, I didn't have time to even think. I mean, he committed suicide in October. You know, when we were in the middle of harvest, um, there was a lot of times I would do livestock work during the day and pick corn till two in the morning. I I was just in survival mode for quite a while. It was two, three years later before I even had time to even. And that was another thing. I was so busy, you didn't even have time to think about it. It wasn't until things started to slow down that you thought about it. Um, and then it was a rush of, of things. So, so that was, it was two, three, four years after the fact. And that was kind of the interesting thing is, should we have both gone to see someone sooner? Absolutely. Um, but I think what we didn't realize was we spent so much of our first couple years of marriage putting out fires all the time that now we're to this point where we have come out of the depths of that hole that free time now kind of allows us to to finally kind of process it the past couple of years processing it. And so idle time has been kind of difficult for us because we were so used to fighting the fires that we don't really know. We knew how to survive, but we're now trying to learn how to thrive. So coming to present day and talking about mental health in general, there's a lot of factors as we've talked about. We're nearing harvest time high costs everywhere we go, diesel, fertilizer, a gamut, and it ebbs and flows. You never know from what day to the next what's going to happen. So my first question is, what is your message to farmers that are feeling the pressure and strain of these stressors of this of this unknown of what maybe might happen tomorrow, next week, November, Come springtime, there's always something to worry about. So what's your message to farmers? I think the first one is know your break-evens um, and, and be truthful in that. And then and have everything included in your break-evens, including um, the what if. You know, give yourself error room for what if a motor blows. And then sell accordingly to those break-evens, and that will eliminate a lot of stress, Um, I I think. And then secondly, don't just do things the way you've always done it because that's the way you've always done it. If you need to change to make things work, then don't be afraid to change to make things work. Um, It's okay to do things differently than you did the year before and learn from those. And, and not just get caught in a rut of, well, that's how I've always done it, so I got to keep doing it that way because that's that'll lead you to go broke faster than anything. Um, and then don't be afraid to learn um, from others and from your own mistakes and, and then act on, the, on what you did learn. I think one of the other things that helped us um, was we were not afraid to walk away from farm ground. Um, like if the rent was too high, we felt like, why would we pay this really high rent when we're not making any money off of it? And then 
stealing profit from a different farm to pay for that rent just to say we farmed this many acres. Um, kind of taking the pride out and just doing what works for you and your family um, is so important and just not being afraid to walk away from certain things um, because it's, it's just not worth it. And I don't, I don't need the practice. So what I do, is I want to make sure it pays me back. Do you have guilt looking back at the tragedy and thinking what you could have done to prevent your father from committing suicide? And along with that question, what is your message to family members that could be dealing with a similar situation and they do not know how to address their loved one's depression? Yeah, so as far as the guilt goes, I, I feel like did everything we could, you know, talk to him. This isn't right. He played it off that it was everyone else's fault. And after the fact, I don't think I ever said, well, I wish I'd have done more because I felt like I did everything I could. At that point, I just had to move on. You know, there was things that needed done. It was what it was. And it was time to move. And, and that's the way it was. And didn't even have time to really think, well, I should have done more. It was, I got things to do. How can farming families realize those stressors um, in their loved ones that are maybe stressed and then it's going on to depression and they want to intervene and get them help? What can they do? Uh, I think if you ever say to yourself, it doesn't need to be this difficult, that's probably a key right there that, no, it doesn't need to be this difficult. And why is it this difficult? And if it's a human problem, which it most likely is, how do we fix that problem in the operation of it it being made more difficult than it needs to be? Um, you know, and there's a million scenarios that can cause it to be more difficult than it needs to be. So it's, it's hard to say, well, this is what you do. Um, but I think you need to be honest with yourself as to how to fix it. If it takes someone walking away, if it takes, um, you know, threats, and, and even sometimes you got to act on those threats of, I'm not dealing with this anymore. You got to take care of yourself. And if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. And if you're getting bogged down yourself with everything going on uh, as far as problems in the family, then you're not going to be able to take care of everyone else in the family. And I would, I would say like, if you're, if it's not you, but you're, you're looking at your, your family or your neighbors or your friends and things are just different. Maybe they used to be a really kept up barnyard area and everything looked nice and, and you're noticing um, there's more of a lack of care there or chores aren't being done on time or things just seem different. Um, if they were once a person that went to every meeting and have completely pulled pulled away, um, you know, those little things, it it is so important just to reach out and say, are you okay? How are you doing? And that person might not be receptive to it, but you have no idea if that one interaction could give that person that outlet to say, you know what, I'm not doing okay. And and there's so many, really since probably 2015, the tides kind of turned on the conversation about mental health, where we've noticed more and more people talking about it openly to us, saying, I I had... I had suicidal thoughts in the 80s or, you know, this was really bad. And so 
the conversation's turning. Um, and so if we can just keep having that conversation, are you okay? What's going on? Um, but also, <clears throat> excuse me, looking for resources. Um, I think like the biggest thing for us is we're in a rural area. There's not a lot of counselors um, that are readily available. And so we have been so fortunate that with this time era of Zooms or whatever, that like mass counselor, I don't know where she lives. I think Virginia. She's from Virginia, but her qualifications matched up to what he was needing based on his prior experiences. And he can just stop the tractor for 20 minutes, do his therapy session, and then move forward. Now to say I don't have the time or the resources, um, that's, that's no longer an excuse. Um, and it can't be an excuse. It, it has to, it has to be um, something you really put forth effort. Yeah, just reaching out to people um, when you think something's off, just ask them. The worst they're going to do is get upset with you, and you just know, you know what, that's that has nothing to do with me. There's something going on, but you never know if you could be the one to turn turn it. Um, I think going back to your guilt question, do you have guilt? Um, you can't live with guilt. Um, I think the only thing I wish, I wish that we didn't hide it so much, what was going on behind the scenes. People were really shocked. Um, and I, I wonder if maybe more people knew if, if someone else reaching out besides his family would have been the, 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 tri the trigger to get him to get help. Um, I guess that was probably my only thought on that. Yeah. How are you continuing to farm nowadays? What is your current family situation on the farm? We're very blessed, um, but it, it also takes work. My dad died in 2016, three years after Matt's dad died. Um, yet again, young, basically young kids trying to figure out this farming operation on our own. Um, two very different circumstances financially, two very different deaths while difficult on both ends. One was more of a trauma. One was my dad had cancer. Um, but just um, coming to the realization that two are better than one. Why are we both struggling um, on our own? Why can't we work together? Um, you know, labor, equipment, everything. We are so blessed that it has worked that way. Um, our moms get along really well. Um, Everybody taking their pride out and not saying, well, this is mine. This is a Bowman thing. This is a whole fighter thing. It's no, this is, this is a family. Um, but while we are very blessed, it is a lot of work and a lot of communication to make this work. It, you don't just automatically become best friends with who you're working with every day. And um, Matt and my brother are two very different personalities. Um, and I commend them for, for constantly trying to figure out ways to, to make it where they work well together um, and not against each other. You have found a way to continue to do so, even when the situations yeah. are hard. But I think it also goes back to you're born to be a farmer. You're going to find a way. And I think that's a great message. It's easier said than done. There's a lot of, there's still probably a lot of stressors you have Correct. Can you talk right. about any of those stressors you still have specifically? I mean, we're we're still probably not in a place financially that we would have liked to have been. Um, but then when we when we take a look back, okay, you know what, 
We've actually bought um, a couple of farms since both of our dads have died. And so when you when you look back at that and you think, I never thought we would get to this point um, where we were able to do that. Or um, as we make our last payments on tractors or, or um, whatever it may be, just sitting there and thinking, you know what, I never thought we would get to this point. Um, and so truly every year is better than the last. Um, I know that we're going to have tough farm years like everybody has. Um, but knowing that we're now doing it on our own and and that we're we're at a place where we we can thrive um, is is a blessing in itself. Yeah, I would agree with that. <clears throat> I commend both of you for sharing your story and being open and being honest. Like I said at the beginning, what I just want is people to hear your story and have it, even if it just helps one person, you know, but I know you have helped way more than just one person from listening to you speak at conferences to follow along social media, reading articles. Um, thank you for, for what you're doing, for what you're speaking about and making it feel, letting people know it's okay, I guess, to get help to talk to a therapist, talk to a counselor. It's not something you have to go out and broadcast if you don't want to, but uh, but get yourself help or either if you see something, a family member um, getting help. And I, I remember what I was going to ask earlier, how do you not pester someone in getting help? Like you want that maybe they're not taking their their advice of talking to someone. How, how do you appropriately... Um, keep on tabs with them to make sure they eventually get help or help them in some way, shape, or form. I think, you know, you, you have to keep trying, but at the end of the day, it's their decision to do it. And if they decide not to, that goes back to the guilt thing. And you can't be guilty if they decide they don't want to get help because it's the ball's in their court at the end of the day. I think the other thing too, is like Matt said, it, it really, unfortunately, if we could make everybody go, get help that could, our, if we could make everybody do what we want them to do, our, our world would be a different place. Um, at the end of the day, it is up to them. But the important thing is, is that you as, as their friend, their family member, their neighbor, whoever, that you just keep showing up. You just show up in their life. If they don't want to talk about going to counseling, fine. But then, you know what? You call them once a day while they're in the tractor and just talk about anything else. But just showing up makes such a difference in someone's life um, or sharing that, you know what, I, like, I had a really bad day too today or um, just normalizing that it is tough and it's rough and things, not everybody's life is good. And social media and stuff has, has done such a detriment to people thinking everybody's life is, is perfect and it's not. So showing up and, and sharing your day with them could, could help it. Just showing up, I think, is so important and just asking. And, and the other thing is with, with counseling and, and medicine, you don't have to be on the brink of, like, suicide to need it. Like, everybody could benefit from it. If there is something that just you're not living your best life, you're not able to fully enjoy your life, just go see a counselor and continue to see one. Um, and if that person doesn't drive with you, keep looking. It's just like someone said, like a pair of shoes. The first pair might not fit. The next pair might like, don't give up. Um, find it. It's so important. And 
farming is so tough, but it is also really beautiful. And it's just important to get to a place where you can, can enjoy it. Wouldn't have it any other way, would you, to farm? No. No. Thank you to both Matt and Liz for being open and honest in today's conversation. Suicide is not an easy topic to discuss, but stories like theirs has opened doors and started conversations about mental health and agriculture. If you are concerned about a loved one, help is available, and you can call a hotline by just dialing 988. Thank you for listening to The Rural Reveal. Be sure to subscribe on Substack and all major podcasting platforms. I'm Kelsey Litchfield.